Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. It's time for Rolling with Nolan on Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson. Brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slim's. Serving Central Arkansas and now open in Cabot and Jacksonville. Well, Coach, every victory is treasured, and every vehicle, you you lose a little bit of your uh, of your heart, so to speak, uh, in the NCAA tournament. So saying that, how long did you get a chance to celebrate each victory along the way? i got to believe you celebrated maybe the moments afterwards, but then immediately your attention starts turning to who's the next opponent. Well, what I, I would always say, and I think my guys would tell you that, at 12 midnight, it's a brand new day. <laughs> what you did was yesterday. Don't, let's not forget that. So let's enjoy the moments and the minutes or the hours. Come midnight, it's over. That day is over. It's another. It's, it's time to play again. So let's get, let's let's take it that way. Every game that. We when that midnight strike, it's over. You want to celebrate is when it's all over. It's kind of when the fat lady sings. She's humming, but she's not singing. Did you want your players to be in bed before midnight if you were in the NCAA tournament? <laughs> no, Maybe celebrate well, till 10 or 11? Well, the, <laughs> so I'm talking about, we're talking about, the, the, we're not talking about if you've got 11 o'clock curfew. Yeah. Doesn't stop you from celebrating just because you got eleven o'clock curfew. You know, they they don't have to go to sleep because you have eleven o'clock in your room. That's true. They, they, you know, and I and I'm not naive. I've been around a long time, and I know that after a win, you ain't going to sleep. A big win, you don't go to sleep. No, you're right. But I know that as a player myself, and as a coach, and and I'm not guessing it I don't, i'm not guessing what they're doing i know how you feel after a victory i know how you feel after defeat some guys it hurts even more than others but you you know but it's amazing how winning you both all feel good very true okay so coach between from thursday early till sunday night there were 48 college basketball games on NCAA tournament. How wow. many of them did you watch? Did you did you absorb most of what happened, or, or what did, what did you observe? Oh, you know, I, I skip around uh, and watch. Uh, I don't probably see a full game except for Razorbacks when St. John's was playing. But the teams I, I, I follow, say Texas A&M, that he, he keeps in touch with me about how the program is doing. I'll try to follow follow those some of those games. Uh, probably follow more Southeast Conference games because that's who I know that the Razorbacks will be playing uh, most of the time. And, and so if they're on, I'll follow Houston. Uh, a game that they play, Kevin and I became pretty close friends, and so I, I watch their games also. 
but I, I don't have a set pattern. I mean, I'll try to if Kentucky's playing. I'll put them over. I may catch a half. I may catch a quarter, something like that. I, I don't just get into a game and just stay with the same game unless it's the Razorback game. Okay, for only the second time, a 16 beat a 1. When you watch these teams, because all of them have pretty good players, is that as shocking as it once was for a 16 to beat a 1? Not anymore. Not to me, anyway. I've been predicting that next year, I'd hate to be the number one playing a 16-seeded team. (laughs) Because have you noticed the scores of all the games? All of them. I mean, it could be eight against nine, and somebody hits a shot at the buzzer in an overtime, or somebody hits a shot and wins the game. This has been going on. It's like that all the time. That means that the basketball team's got players that can play now. You know, it's not like it used to be. You got you got a team that was not even on the map is now maybe going to dominate basketball for a year or two. Why? Because of the pool. The, the talent pool now is so equal. You know, you, you're not playing that that name on, on the front of the jersey as much. Like, you know, the front of the jersey of Kentucky is, doesn't really resonate like it used to. Uh, you know, it, it's not no – the fear factor is, is, is not there like it used to be. It, you don't have – guys that dominated the game uh, like used to could dominate the game. And you had coaches that had different personalities and you knew who they were and you knew basically that you know, now it's a lot of mixture of coaches uh, all of them basically to me, that's one thing I noticed, they all mostly run the same kind of offense now Uh, there's not there's not a lot of separation from the style of play. Uh, some of the guys, of course, I enjoy up-tempo basketball. And to me, the ones who plays with the best up-tempo and can create turnovers and press balls seems to me are the guys that are winning. So do you think the transfer portal is, is what's doing that? Because the Blue Bloods are still getting a lot of the five-star players. But now when they get them, they're playing against – guys out of the transfer portal who are 21 years old for these other teams. So they may be talented, but the experience is on maybe some of the teams that aren't the Blue Bloods. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what has happened. I mean, you know, you can have those great All-American 18-year-olds. Give me, like I said, I I always had the the Burger King guys, All-Americans. But then if I got me one that was 22, and I'm playing an 18-year-old who's all-world, I'll take the 22-year-old guy that's not all-world. Why? Because he's going to make up for it in other means and other manners. Because the game is not like you see it. There's a lot of physicality that takes place on the floor. The official can't control it all. And, and if you pop someone, he may not want to go to get that rebound anymore. You're 22 years old. You're more of a man that can do that popping as opposed to this 17 and 18-year-old young boy who just got out of high school. I mean, it's a different game. Do you think that's Coach, I've got one for you from our Asher Record Service Company live fan feedback. Jerry says uh, 40 minutes to, uh, I guess it really should be, was Darnell 
was Daryl Hawkins the epitome of 40 minutes of hell? What made him such an impactful player? Daryl Hawkins? Yes. Yes, sir. He was, he was, he to me, was like Debo. He don't take no, he didn't take plays off. You know, most of the, some of your players who, he knew that his, his athletic ability may not have been as, as good or as sharp as some of the other guys. So what he did was he outworked you. And, and, and when you, when you talk about, you know, you, you might be smarter, but you can't outwork me. And, and when you, when you put that together and, and he's, Pretty got a pretty good knowledge of the game, which is basketball IQ, and he's a worker. He's he's a guy that would, I mean, he get up in the morning, he brought his pack to go to work, didn't take no plays off, and that and for that reason made him very uh, a guy that helped the team, and you know he was he's a leader, he was one of those kind of guys. Well, and, and and you mentioned Debo, and when you were talking about the veteran players, isn't it interesting that for all of Arkansas's heralded newcomers, you get to the tournament and it's Devo Davis and Ricky Council and Kamani Johnson. It's it's the older guys who are really carrying the load right now. Yeah, that's what you got to expect for them to be able to do. Rick, I mean, uh, I see the Razorbacks improving on the year, and I see the other guys reaching a peak and beginning to go back a little bit the other way. But it's not so much they're going back the other way. It's just that other the teams have now equal talent. I don't care what – coaching is, is, is important. But talent is, is, is the name of the game. If you go out there and get you some talented some kids that can really play and play the game through your eyes, it, it, you're tough. You, you, you know, it, it, it's tough to be – but if you if you one of the talented coaches and got bad, not so good players, you know, that doesn't that doesn't add up. It's just like uh, a mule uh, running the Kentucky Derby, the greatest mule in the world can't win the Kentucky Derby, even though he's a great mule. He can't run. <laughs> you know, you can't if you can't perform, then you can't do it. And 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 so. Uh, it, the, the game has a lot to do also with, with how you feel, how tough you play. Are you beginning to burn out or are you beginning to catch on to what everything's going on? I, I see the Razorbacks improving going down the stretch. That may be they're rounding off. They're playing their best basketball. They're believing in, in each other. They, now they don't think they can lose. You know, when you start losing a few, you start doubting things. I don't think they have too much doubt that they can play. Coach, speaking speaking of, are we watching Jordan Walsh grow up right in front of our eyes? Oh, it man, seems yes. like you're talking about a player who is – or players that are getting better and better – it seems like he is just growing up every game now as a Razorback. Uh, it's that side, six seven, and he, and he that plays like he's in one position. He plays like he's seven one. Another position, he plays like he's five ten. That means he can guard the little guy. 
He can guard the mid-sized guy, and he can guard the big guy. And I mean guard you. He's a a complete pest. I I can, you know, he he has come. It it looks like he picked up uh, some confidence in in himself in his shooting. Because there for a few minutes, he didn't even look at the goal. You know, you pass it, and he look. Now he looks like, hey, I can play with these people out here. And, and once you once you get that feeling, it's hard that you know the, the, even the coach can't prevent you from being good. And because he plays so hard, that's the thing that I think Muff has got on his side and on his team is that all of his kids play hard. There's just some take a play off, and there's some that don't. And he's one of them that don't take plays off either. When he's on the floor, he's giving you what he got. And you can't ask for any more, and he's getting better and better and better at it. And, you know, you mentioned the team getting better at this point. Do you think that's partly because they haven't had the nucleus of the team for the entire season? And so, you know, it's easy for us to judge game by game, and, well, they didn't do this and they didn't do that. But are they finally to the point where they're comfortable with each other and everything that they're doing? Uh, you know, when you win, when you win games like they've been able to come back and win, that's that's one of the biggest things, the biggest confidence boosters and builders. You know, you 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 can have all kinds of plays and ideas and all that. That don't that don't cut the mustard. What cuts the mustard is what's happening to the individual as he plays each game, each game. Uh, you know, he can come out one game and, and look real good, and the next game not so good, and the next game don't play, and the next game play pretty good. You know, these guys are playing more consistently. And when you start playing consistent basketball, you're just tough to beat. And they're playing very consistent basketball. Coach, you had a really good physique. You're a coach, you're an athlete and all that. Did you ever consider taking your shirt off after a big win? <laughs> I was afraid to ask that question. <laughs> I, I said that when they fired me that I was going to take my shirt off and hang out with my kids on, uh, out here in the, on my camp that I would have. Boy, I got I got shot out of the saddle. I said, hell, I, if I did something like that, they'd probably put me in jail and throw the key away. <laughs> and I, I, that, that you won't ever have to worry about Nolan Richardson doing. No. I, I, those guys that that, that's good. I, I remember Bruce Pearl, you know, he had his off one time. Yeah, uh, I remember that. In a game, you know, and who knows, before you know it, it might be a fad. That's, that's what they do. You know, I don't know what the coaches are going to do nowadays, but, you know, everything, everything, everything's good. <laughs> you know, it's funny, Coach, because there's the old saying that any publicity is better than no publicity. Musselman was on the cover of every newspaper, every website, every everything, and no matter who liked it or who didn't like it, I got to believe there's some 18-year-olds out there and some 20-year-olds in the transfer portal saying, man, I could play for a guy like that. Yeah. And there's some that can say the other thing the other way around, too. Uh, You know, I I don't think because (laughs) – because he took his shirt off, the players, the players, are, they're they're a little bit. The players are gonna play for where the, the most money they're gonna get. <laughs> yeah, that's guess. that's the yeah. bottom line. Yeah. They, in other words, they've legalized what they've been doing. It's been legalized now. 
So the, the good, the good, the, the, it ain't gonna, it, it's gonna help the schools that didn't have nothing to be able to get something. And that's why I say, with that kind of rule, basketball is gonna be more or less in, in the 60s, 50, 60s range of scoring. Uh, it's gonna be uh, guys who are pretty much equal in talent in the first top five. Uh, I think all those things are going are to come into play. I, I believe that. Coach, I don't know how much you've had a chance to watch UConn, but uh, if you have been able to, what are your impressions of Connecticut? Time, I think they were ranked number one at, at one time. Uh, they, they can sometimes, uh, you know, I watch them when they played the St. John's team. I watched them a couple of other times, and they can shoot the basketball. You know, they, they impressed me that they they could, you know, make the floor a little bit longer. They they, they play, I don't think, the greatest of the defense compared to Razorbacks. I give the Razorbacks the edge of the defensive end. But I, I know that if, if we're running guys off the spot and – and, and controlling all the loose, the, the, the 50-50 basketball, and not get beat off on the board, then, you know, they're going to have to make some of those threes that they have been making. And to me, I take my chances is going, going at them as hard as I possibly could because they, they're a very good basketball team, and, and they're, they're the kind of team that could beat anybody and can lose to anybody. And so when you have those two options, your chances of being able to do what you do and can, can control what you do, your chances of winning is better. I was, it's not because I was coach at Arkansas, but I, I would choose Arkansas over them because if, if, if we shoot a little bit and play the way we're capable of playing, I think we got a great chance of going not only there, but to the final four. Wow. Okay, so you got Arkansas was an eight seed. That's the third worst seed left in the tournament. But it also shows you that, as you've said many times, when you get to this point, anybody can beat anybody. Yeah, once you get past these numbers, you know, it's it, well, you don't you don't want your players to be worried about two games, but you, you got two to go. Yeah, then, right. you, then you're going to the promised land. <laughs> the promised land is the final four. Anything can happen there. You know, so that that's the biggest key. They're on the right path, and I just think that I just think that if things is Rolling like it looks like it's rolling. Uh, they're getting to me better. Uh, they they got a, a tremendous chance to keep keep on playing some basketball the rest of the next couple of weeks. If you watch all the SEC games, were you absolutely flabbergasted to see Princeton beat Missouri? To see who? Princeton beat Missouri. Princeton beat Missouri. Yeah, that doesn't did... surprise me. I mean. Um, 
I don't know why they don't think Princeton. We played Princeton. Uh, yep. Jesus, what a game. Four-point game, year, yeah. One, and, and we're pretty good. And and the year before that, Georgetown had a heck of a team. One-point game. Yeah. You know, so no, no, no. That's no, no. Missouri surprised me being able to be up in that area of playing NCAA basketball. All right, the guy on, did a tremendous job. Yep, hold on, Coach. Taking a break. It's time for Rolling with Nolan on Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson. Brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slim's. Serving Central Arkansas and now open in Cabot and Jacksonville. Have you put your vote in for whether it's the new Honey Hot Wings or the new Carolina Gold? I've had a chance to sample both. They are outstanding. I probably would favor the Honey Hot since I love hot wings. and uh, But these are two new wing flavors. Slim Sanity ongoing right now with Slim Chickens. So make sure you get by and sample some of these new Honey Hot or the California Gold Wings. They are the best. That's Slim Sanity at Slim Chickens. Uh, this from our Asher Record Service Company live feed feedback. Hogfan73 said, in today's press conference, Kamani Johnson was asked about Coach Muss's celebrating shirtless, and he replied, a happy Muss is a happy us. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Means they won, right? That's good. There you yeah. go. You know, yeah. one point, half a point, whatever it takes to stay, to stay on that W side. That's that's the name of the game. Yeah, survive now. Just keep surviving. That's all that's you. Right. That's right. That's that's trouble. Survive. Exactly right. Wow. What did did you like to when you when you had your team that you got to the Sweet Sixteen and beyond that? Did you sequester them? I I mean I was with your team, but I don't never was around the players except for the press conferences. Did you like to just kind of have them? Hey, you guys stay sequestered, or did you like them to get out and enjoy the environment that they were in? We we tried, uh, uh, Rick. I, I personally tried to do. I didn't want to change whatever they used to do, however they used to eat. I mean, sometimes we get so caught up with you got to have this particular deal for meals, and you got to do this or that, and, 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 I, and I, I'm glad that I started in the 7th and 8th grade because we played basketball, and they didn't have no meals. We didn't even eat. <laughs> and they played. They played pretty good. You know, I, I remember getting them some pre-game meals, and they couldn't play a lick. Because huh. I turned them loose, and they ate what they wanted to eat and do what they always did. seemed like we were a lot more successful. So I I'm, I'm, I try to let, – let's have the same basic atmosphere that you would have at, at, your, at your dorm. Only difference is you don't you, – some of you don't make up your bed anyway, so you at least get your beds made up. But <laughs> – but uh, let's be normal. Let's try to just stay as normal as we can, and just go go at 
whatever we used to do, eat at whatever we used to do. Let's, let's do the same thing. Let's not, not get, let's not put more on our shoulders than we need to have. Coach, what approach did you take when you had a player that is what we think is vital to this team but is in somewhat of a slump right now? What what did you do to help get that player back to playing at the level that he needs to in order to be beneficial to the team? You know, I, I think it's easy you know, a pat on the back comes bringing it in, into the, uh, uh, whether your office or your room or what have you, and have a little short pep talk to him. You know, you know, I know that you want to win just like I do. I know you want to play good just like I know. I want you to play good. I know that you're putting all this pressure on yourself. You don't have to. Just enjoy. It. Try to try to figure out a way to enjoy the game, and uh, because you know the practice is not enjoyable. I hated practice. But we, that's something we have to do in order to get ready. And and because you're having a bad day or night or not scoring like you used to, that's going to come back. As long as you, you know, you, you got to be like you have amnesia. You've got to forget all what you couldn't or wouldn't do or could not do. When you, when you can just concentrate on just trying to be the best player you can be. Not you can be the best scorer or anything like that. Just the best player. And what does that mean? That means that you got to rebound. That means that you got to touch balls. That means you got to dive on the floor. That means you got to take charge. There's many ways to help your team win. And so most of us go in a slump, and, and people who talk about a slump are because they're not making baskets. What about the guy who don't make baskets, but he helps you every other way? Yeah. We forget yeah. about him. Yeah. And I don't because those are the guys that help you win championships. The guys that may have had a slump, but they're not slumped in the other department of the game. And when you point that out to the kid, to me, he said, hey, you know, you got to – I'm looking at it a little bit different than you or the people who think you ought to be scoring 30 points a game. So give me 10. I take take all that pressure off. You get, just get 10 and you go get, go get yourself 10, 8, 9 rebounds. Go get – Four or five block shots. Go do some other things, and and hopefully, you know, he can kind of grab on to some of that and not worry about. Usually, it's about scoring. Mm-hmm. The, the hitter is in a slump because he can't hit. Right, and you're and I know you're talking about some scores there. If they get in a slump, they can add some other things. But there are guys that aren't big scores that can add. Don't you love what Kamani Johnson does for the Razorbacks? Oh, man. Oh, you know, he made big plays. That's what I'm saying. Uh, And then, you know, he may not not get to play, but when he is in the game, boy, he's as valuable, valuable as as anybody else on that floor because he he can come away with things. Uh, He's physical. He's a man. He's a man. I mean, yeah. I can I can see him, you know, not scoring, but I can see him doing so many other things to help those who do score. Well, coach, this is a follow up to that particular question about Kamani. Uh, Lee says from our 
Asher Record Service Company Life and Feedback Coach, does Kamani remind you of Dennis Rodman just creating havoc on the boards and frustrating players? Reminds me of an old-school 90s hungry player. Not dirty, hungry. Creates energy for the whole team. That dog have the will to fight. Who does he remind you of? Kamani Johnson. Well, you know, he, he, he brings up a uh, kid that plays for the Bulls. Yeah, Dennis Rodman, who yeah, probably Rodman. did that every game, every game his entire life. I don't know if I'd go quite that far to say he's as good as Rodman. but I, I, I tried to recruit Dennis. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? yeah. He got two sisters better than him. What? <laughs> yeah, they, they could play. <laughs> but uh, Dennis, Dennis was a scorer, and 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 he rebounded well. But he he, he became to me a smart guy because he, he was a good rebound. He wasn't no great, 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 but he became a great rebound, mm-hmm. a great uh, player. But he 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 is epitomized a a slot. That you have to, in other words, if I'm going to hire someone to rebound, I'm going to go get the best. I'm going to get Dennis Rodman, or the guys are like him. And this, that's that's kind of the way the kid there at Arkansas can remind you of a guy like him. This is this is my job. I'll take care of boards, and I'll take care of some block shots, and I'll take care of some physical stuff. And this is my role. I'm play. I'm going to play this role to the best of my ability. And you guys play in your role. I, I see him that way. I'm gonna play my role. I'm gonna get when I come in the game, fellas. This is this is what it's all about. I'm gonna I'm gonna get every rebound. I'm gonna block every shot. He gives them that kind of a, uh, of a feeling. When you have a guy like that on your team, boy, it just makes it a lot a lot easier for you to perform. You know, if you know, you coach. Were... He probably was. The best, and I, I'm, I'm going off of memory now more than anything else because I'm just kind of visualizing uh, Dennis Rodman uh, on the court, but he may have been the greatest uh, off-ball, off-side rebounder uh, that we've ever seen because he had such a knack for the ball. He could track a ball, and he always just seemed to be in the right place, particularly on, on the offside rebounds that – I mean, nobody was around him. It seemed like he just—he just made it look so easy. Well, that's the thing that I—that's I, why I believe in the good man upstairs. I believe because coaching had nothing to do with Rodman knowing where the ball was mm-hmm. or where it's going to be. You know, I, I used to guys. Well, if they shoot it here, then you need to be over here. Well, hell, I seen Rodman be out of bounds and go get it. <laughs> That's the way that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But Rodman is not like everybody. That means that Rodman has a gift, and the good Lord didn't give everybody that gift. Mm-hmm. His gift is being aware and anticipating, and all those things that come along with that kind of a player. If, in other words, if Michael Jordan is as as an example, average only. 14, 15 points a game. He went to pros. You know, he's having 30 points a game. Now, wait a minute. The pros could be harder. 
but he's a gift. The only one who stopped him was Dino. Dino was holding him mm-hmm. back. That that there was the greatest defensive player. We we had a kid named Nate Archibald. That was fourteen for Coach Haskins. Hell, he led the league in the NBA and in, in, in assists and scoring. Coach Haskins held him down on the offensive end, right? All right, hang tight, Coach. We got one more segment with you. That's Coach Nolan Richardson. Thanks to Slim Chickens. Rick Schaefer. I'm Randy Rainwater. Drive Time Sports will continue in just one moment. We'll wrap it up here from the Orr Auto Mall. It's time for Rolling with Nolan. On Drive Time Sports with Coach Nolan Richardson. Brought to you by Slim Chickens. There's lots of places to get chicken, but there's only one Slim's. Serving Central Arkansas and now open in Cabot and Jacksonville. Uh, This from Ricardo. He said, hey, Coach, I think Oliver Miller took your dinner philosophy too far. That was later in life, though. I don't remember Oliver being overly weight. Not uh, his first couple of years, no. Yeah, at Arkansas, but oh, no, I think uh, uh, Oliver think... wasn't quite that. You know, he, he got late later after he got out of here. He, he got much much bigger, but uh, he, he was just a big guy. In high school, he was, you know, he probably weighed two forty. Um, and back in those days, two forty was huge, huge. Today, these guys are weighing three and three hundred and forty pounds out there on the floor. It's unbelievable how big they are compared to oh, the little guy. If he was out there in the, during the same period of time, they are you know, big uh, old just just blew up uh, each each year that he was uh, in in the pro league. I tell you, he's into it. I follow him on tri- Twitter. He is all yeah. over Arkansas winning. Daryl Hawkins actually spoke to the team. I can't remember if it was after Illinois or Kansas. You like seeing your players still involved in the program? Absolutely. I mean, that's to me, you know, that's what you call being connected. You know, if you're connected, you, you're going to help your, your school uh, recruit. You know, like, how would you have guys with, uh, no, no, you don't need to go up there. When, when, when they could just very easily say, hey, that's a great school. I played up there. Uh, we did this, we did that, and you were connected. And the more you're connected, the better the recruiting is. You know, I know there's things have changed now, especially with being able to pay them. Like I said, you know, that that ain't nothing brand new. That's been going on forever, but now it's legalized. And so, so more so than ever, you need to be connected. Again, visiting with Coach Nolan Richardson, 1-501-661-1037. If you have a quick question for the coach, this from Piggy Smalls. He says, Coach Jim Beheim recently retired at Syracuse. And that wild win against Syracuse in 1995 tournament still sticks out in my mind. Do you remember that game fondly as well? Well, I remember it. Of course, I do. That's the one guy called timeout. Yeah, Lawrence Moten, and, and didn't and didn't have any. Yeah, that's why I say there's certain things, and that that propelled us to get to the 
actually back to the Final Four again. That's right. You know, so yeah, it was a. It, it is really funny when I coached at the University of Tulsa. Who do we play? Syracuse in the championship game in New York. Hmm. Same that same kind of a against Jim Beheim's team win by one one point or so. Uh, was able to face his team tw- twice, and they were all either one point or overtime. Which that one was too, I believe. He, if I remember that correctly, after that technical, Scotty hit one of the free throws. But that was a game. Again, if I'm remembering correctly, Lee Wilson had maybe his best game as a Razorback. He he was ever amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played lights out, Rick. Uh, he it was a difference and and the difference maker that day for us to be able to move on. You know, that team was brilliant because. They had the bullseye. Every game was a championship game they, those guys had to play. Everybody, everybody, every place we went, that was, you know, you're carrying that number one uh, win in the year before. It's just like your season is made if you beat the Razorback. What's well, the opposite this time? Do you think it's an advantage for Arkansas? Because at, at this point, starting with the Kansas game, they will be the underdog in any game they play. Whether they play one more or four more, they will be the underdog. Is that an advantage? At this stage, no. Who cares about who's the dog and underdog? <laughs> yeah, that, well, you, we got to go play, man. I don't care if they're picked by ten. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to win by ten. We don't have we don't you don't have time to be thinking about who's. You're, in other words, we're supposed to lose, guys. That, is that what you're going to tell them? That we're supposed to lose because we're the underdog? Hell, I've been the underdog all my life, as far as I'm concerned. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to lose every time I go out. And that's what you want your guys to feel like. We're, we're going to play basketball. The game's over when it's over. <laughs> they, they can't play it on paper. A lot of a lot of people, a lot of announcers, they play the game on paper. We're playing it for real. I guess I was thinking more in terms of uh, nobody thinks you can win, so therefore, uh, does that give you extra incentive? Because you're right, no. hey, you're not going to well, an underdog. It doesn't mean much. But you, you're, you're also right, Rick, that it can give you a pump your team. You know, if, if, no, you know, if you listen to most of them, nobody was expecting us to do this. No. But we did. I mean, that's, that's the, that would be mostly the conversation of a young man who thinks that 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 was one of the reasons they had to come out and play because they were not supposed to win. Hell, a bumblebee is not supposed to fly. Why? Because his wings are so small and his body is so big. How did how that little wing pick up that body? So look what happened. Somebody forgot to tell the bumblebee. You ain't supposed to be flying, man. But he does. I have never thought of it that way, Coach. (laughs) I don't know that I've ever heard that parallel. (laughs) Think about aeronautically, the the body of a bee with these little bitty wings can pick up that big old body, and according to to the the picking it up, he ain't supposed to be able to pick that thing up. But hell, he flies. That's I what I tell my guys all the time. Hey, see the bumblebee. 
hell, you ain't supposed to do you ain't supposed to do this, you ain't supposed to do that. But let's change that. Be the bumblebee. He can he got up. Pretty good. I, wow. I try and stay as far away as I can from bubble bees. So you see what I mean? They can sure track you down. I know that, Coach. Yeah, they can track you down, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I've had a few bumblebees chase me in my day. All right, Coach, we're about to run out of time, so I'll squeeze this one in real quick. From Piggy Smalls, Coach, if the Hogs win tomorrow, they could face UCLA in the Elite Eight. Would you like to see that matchup so the Hogs could avenge the 1995 so, title? So who, UCLA, who is UCLA going to be? Well, they're playing Gonzaga. That's a, that's a heck of a matchup. That's a big matchup. Yeah. I'm not sure that you think they get past Gonzaga. It's a, it's a two against a three, so they're pretty evenly matched. I don't know. They're both good. Yeah. I just think I just Coach. think the Razorbacks will be a Final Four team. Hope you're right. Hope we're talking about it next Wednesday. We'll we'll go next Wednesday. That's right. Thank you, Coach. That's Coach Nolan Richardson. For Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater. Have a great rest of the night. So long, everybody.